0: Hello, I'm Sherry House, a missionary living in Thailand who loves to study the lives of great women of whom it can be said, she hath done what she could. Welcome to Silhouettes, my weekly story about a lady whose life challenges, encourages and teaches me. I hope as you listen today, your heart will be encouraged and challenged too, to do what you can for the Lord. So grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy. Let me tell you her story. Clara Scott was born on December 3, 1841 in Elk Grove, Illinois, to Abel and Sarah Scott. Her father was a music teacher and he instilled a love for music in Clara from a very young age. In 1856, Clara's family sold their farm and moved into the city of Chicago. In 1858, when Clara was 16 years old, she enrolled as a student the very first year that the Chicago Musical Institute opened its doors. Upon her graduation the following year, She began teaching music at Lyons Girls Seminary in Lyons, Iowa. While in Iowa, Clara met a young man named Henry Clay Scott, and the two were married on October 15, 1861, just before Clara turned 20 years old. After Clara gave birth to their first child, a daughter they named Mary, Clara and her family moved back to Illinois. Her interest in music continued and she began publishing her songs in collections assembled by other songwriters. Although some of Clara's piano pieces, like Twilight Fancies, became favorites in the secular realm, Clara's heart was more given to writing sacred hymns. She often wrote of the relationship she had with Jesus in her songs like Waiting on the Lord, A Gentle Knocking, and her song Thou Art My Life. Her circle of friends included many well-known sacred composers and publishers, like Emma Emerson and Horatio Palmer, who was an influential church musician in Chicago at the time. It was he and her husband that encouraged Clara to consider publishing her songs on her own. Clara's second daughter, Medora, was born in 1877, when Clara was in her mid-30s. She continued to write and compose her own songs, and many others brought their lyrics to her for her to compose the music. After much work, Clara published her first collection of sacred songs in 1882. It was a 300-page collection of her own hymns, as well as hymns from other well-known songwriters in America and from abroad. It was the very first hymn book ever published by a woman, and she titled it The Royal Anthem Book. Many churches enjoyed using it over the years, and Clara's songs began to be sung all over the United States. In 1895, Clara and her husband, who had become an invalid by this time, moved into Chicago proper. The following year, in 1896, Clara published her second work she entitled, Truth in Song for the Lovers of Truth Everywhere. This collection of 79 hymns included the hymn that Clara is most well-known for, Open My Eyes, That I May See. In 1897, Clara published her third and final collection of hymns entitled, Short Anthems. On June twenty-first, 1897, Clara passed away suddenly at the age of 55, when her horse got spooked and she was thrown from her buggy. At her funeral, she was surrounded by family, music writers, publishers, professors, and friends all mourning this great loss. Their hearts were comforted, though, as a quartet of her dearest friends sang two of her hymns, reminding them that right then, at that moment, Clara was rejoicing as she finally stood in the presence of the one who had given her so much to sing about. Well, you can find out more about Clara Scott on my website, sherryhouse.com, but let me tell you one more story from her life that resonated with one of my own. Clara wrote the words to open my eyes that I might see in 1895, just a year or so before she passed away. I'm not sure what led her to write this exact song, but many of her songs focused on desiring to know the truth of Jesus, like it does when she wrote, "'Open my eyes, that I may see, glimpses of truth thou hast for me.'" She then in this song recognizes that these truths are the key that would set her free, and she says, "'Place in my hands the wonderful key, that shall unclasp and set me free.'" From there, she goes on to recognize that not only her eyes need to be open, but so do her ears. When she writes, Open my ears that I may hear. Voices of truth thou sendest clear. The truths of the Bible don't have to be difficult to understand if we will open our eyes and our ears. She then mentions that when we focus only on the truth, everything false will disappear. In the song, after asking the Lord to open her eyes and ears, she asks Him to help her open her mouth to tell others these same truths. In the song she writes, Open my mouth and let me bear, gladly the warm truth everywhere. She ends the hymn with a request that the Lord gives her an open heart and a love for His people so that she will be willing to share these truths that He has taught her. The hymn ends with, Open my mouth and let me bear, gladly the warm truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare, Love with thy children, thus to share." With its focus on how we move from seeing and hearing God's truths to sharing those truths with others in love, along with its melody that swells towards the end of each verse, this hymn has been speaking to the hearts of those that sing it for over a 125 years. I myself have dabbled a little bit in writing songs. One afternoon, back in the summer of 2007, when I was reading through the book of Mark, I was drawn to all the times that people came to Jesus for help, and how by either speaking to them or touching them, Jesus changed their lives forever. As I thought about what it must have been like to be one of the disciples and witness him calm the madman of Gadara, or be in the group that watched as he healed a man that was deaf and dumb, or be the mother who came to Jesus, knowing he was her only hope for her possessed daughter or be in the group that sat in the room watching as Jesus healed the lame man whose friends had lowered him through the roof. I was overwhelmed by the thought that Jesus knew each one of these people. He knew each of their needs even before they came. I couldn't help but think of how their lives must have been changed after coming to Jesus. I found myself wishing I could have been there to see it, but in that same moment the Lord reminded me that I had not only seen the Lord work miracles in the lives of those I knew, but I had also experienced many times the power of the Lord's working in my own life. He reminded me that He is still working miracles today. He is still changing the lives of those that come to Him. My heart swelled at the thought that Jesus knows me by name, and that He knows my needs, and that each time I come to Him, my life is also forever changed. I quickly penned the words to this song that I entitled, No More, They'd Be the Same. Now, I don't claim to be any more of a singer than I claim to be a songwriter, but I'm going to try singing this a little bit for you so you can get an idea of the tune. I wrote this as a perspective of someone who was watching Jesus as he worked. It goes like this.
1: As I stood there watching, amazed My Lord healed everyone. They came from near and far away to see God's only Son. And as they reached toward Him, they saw His open arms, a gentle face, a warm embrace, protected from all harm. He knew them each by name, he knew just why they came. And with his touch or spoken word, no more they'd be the same, no more they'd be the same. A man once bound up in chains, now calmly shares his faith. And one who couldn't hear or speak, tells all of Jesus' grace. A mother pleads for her young girl and returns to find her whole. A man born upon a bed now stands a safe soul. He knew them each by name. He knew just why they came. And with his touch or spoken word, no more they'd be the same. No more they'd be the same. And just like one that was lame, to the Lord Jesus I came. His precious blood shed on the cross made me whole when I called on his name. And all these years it's still the same. Come, everyone who will choose Christ as Savior of your life and he your heart will fill. He knew me by my name. He knew just why I came. And with his touch and spoken word, no more I'd be the same.
0: No more I'd be the same. Isn't that an amazing thing? Not my singing, but the thought that when we come to Jesus, our lives are never the same. I want to do a small Bible study with you that I've entitled, I Will Sing. I love to sing. Often when my mind is in between thoughts or jobs or I'm driving in the car, I find myself singing or humming a tune of some sort or another. I've been told before by some of my teen girls that they can tell whether I'm happy or displeased or I'm about to beat them at the game we are playing by the tune that I'm humming at the time. Singing can have a great effect on us. When we are feeling sad, a hymn about God's faithfulness can cheer us right up. When we are feeling upset, a hymn can remind us that God is in control and bring peace back to our hearts. When we are feeling weary and well-doing, a hymn can give us strength and challenge us to keep on going. There is just something about singing that moves the soul. I'm sure you could think of any number of songs that have special meaning to you, whether it's a song that you sing to your children to comfort them, or a song that causes your heart to swell with national pride, or maybe a song that grabs your heart and reminds you of God's goodness. Whether you write your own songs that God gives you or you sing the songs written by others, take the psalmist's advice and sing. David admonishes us in Psalm 66, 1, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. In Psalms 81, 1, he says, sing aloud unto our God. And then in Psalms 102, he says, come before his presence with singing. I want to give you four simple reasons why we should sing. Number one, the Lord loves to hear us sing. If he didn't, he wouldn't command it so many times in the Bible. Psalms 147, 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. The second thing is, it encourages our own hearts. Psalms 104 verse 33 says, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Psalms 59 16 says, But I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Singing encourages our hearts and reminds us of the things the Lord has done for us. The third reason I have is it encourages the hearts of others. Ephesians 5.19 gives us the command, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. My fourth reason is it is a testimony to the heathen. Psalms 126.2 tells us, Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. I think all these reasons are important, that the Lord loves to hear us sing, that it encourages our hearts, that it encourages other believers' hearts, but how awesome is it that our singing can be a testimony to the heathen. The songs that you sing while you're at your house or in your car or while you're at work, are they a testimony to the heathen? Do the songs that you sing cause others to say, The Lord hath done great things for them? Ladies, I challenge each of us today to sing unto the Lord because he loves it, because it will encourage our hearts, and because it will encourage the hearts of others and be a testimony to the unsaved. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's silhouette and learning a little bit more about Clara Scott and this matter of singing unto the Lord. She truly was a woman of whom it could be said, She hath done what she could. Let's you and I go do what we can do. Silhouettes with Sherry is written and told by missionary Sherry House. To learn more about Sherry, this story, or other stories about women who were used of God, read Sherry's blog at SherryHouse.com, that's S-H-A-R-I-House.com. Silhouettes can be heard at this time every week on this station. Silhouettes is a Causeway Media and Faith Music Radio production. I wanted to take a few seconds here at the end of our show today to remind you that Her Story Silhouettes is now available in book form. Volume one includes 10 of our stories about the different women that you hear on the radio program here on Faith Music Radio. You can order it from my website, www.SherryHouse.com. The cost of the book is just $12 plus shipping. And if you order a quantity of 10 or more, the price is reduced to $10. Many ladies have already written in and let us know how much they've enjoyed reading the Her Story Silhouettes Volume 1. I hope you'll order a copy for yourself today, if you haven't already, or order one for a friend that you think might enjoy learning from these great women that have done some amazing things for the Lord.